made it to season two of Old Dirty Benches. Glad to see you again. This is Patty Popcorn. I was going to say Patricia Palomitas, but somebody laughed at me, so... (laughs) I'll just keep it real. Patty Popcorn. And here's JD to tell you what we actually do here. Hello, everyone. This is JD. So, if you've landed on us, this is a podcast dedicated to lighthearted, humorous discussions regarding crimes of the powerful. We will also be discussing our review of recent movies or series that have been released, and these episodes will drop every other weekend. For those of you who don't know, white-collar crime is typically orchestrated by those in occupational positions with the opportunity to commit these crimes. These crimes include insider trading, fraud, tax evasion, bribery, price fixing, and of course, corruption. We will discuss real cases, related articles, podcasts, and documentaries, movies related to the crime. Patty. Yes. Hi. Good day. Good day. <laughs> this is uh I'm gonna try out our accents. J show. My, yeah, I'm not gonna be very good. Um this is JD of Old Dirty Benches. Hello. Hi. Um Can I just say that your eyebrows are quite on point today? <laughs> well, I will give um a shout out to a get local business. Brow friends forever. Um, she actually did my final uh, touch up. Look really good. Thank you. She does a really good job, and I'm pretty pleased with how they've been turning out. So, All right. um, so shout, shout out to her. Out. Yep, local <laughs> shout out to uh, independent business. BFF. Yep, BFF <laughs> on our indie podcast. Uh, so when we last left off, we were talking about uh, the docu series Lou. La Rich, which is about Lula Rowe. And I'd like our listeners to know that uh, Patty has an article of clothing from them. I do. I don't even know. I got it in a store, though. Oh, you think you got it from from a a store? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I've had it forever. I was trying to remember, like, I don't remember ever seeing any stores, but I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or. Yeah, I didn't. I never bought it from a person, so I don't know. I, yeah, how I can't I even tell you. It. However, I will say, since I sent you the picture and you shamed me for having it, <laughs> I have since gone on Poshmark to try and sell it. Are oh, you, you have? Are familiar with Poshmark? No, I've never even heard of it. <clears throat> well, you sell your clothes on here, basically. Okay. And I don't really get it. Shocker. <laughs> But I've so far listed two things. The LuLaRoe dress. Okay. And another dress that I've never worn in my whole life. Okay. That's kind of fancy. Okay. And hmm. it is the weirdest thing ever because, like, as soon as you... I mean, I feel like before I even listed a, a single item, I had, like, all these followers from where I have no idea. Oh, really? And every day, so this was yesterday. I put these two things on. Okay. Um, I'm selling the LuLaRoe for twenty bucks. Okay. Those are like sixty five dollars. I'll have you know. Damn. What? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know where I got mine from, but. And ever since then, yesterday, I this is how many people are following me now. Oh my god. Wow. And I'm getting like a million notifications. No one wants to buy this shit, though. So I don't really get it. <laughs> I Yeah, I have a couple. Because I have a ton of clothes in my closet I'm getting rid of. Okay. And typically, I just go to Goodwill. Yeah, and I'm drop like, them off. If I could sell them for like 10 bucks or something, why not? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I have a couple social media platform accounts, and I have no idea how to use them. So, like, they're on my phone. And I get notifications, but Uh, like, for example, I still haven't figured out good pods. I have no idea what I'm doing on there. I feel like totally just. I hardly ever go on there, but uh, I know what you mean. um, But. uh, So I'll let you know. I have it on there for 20 bucks. Okay. It's a. Your lovely dress. A medium. That you got from a cult. That's right. But anyway. Um, (laughs) 
because someone shamed me for having it. Oh, Lord. I honestly, first of all, I'd never wear it. And so I'm going to try to clean out my closet. And I also have a ton of Chris's old shirts, too. And I'm like, I'm going to sell these. If I can get anyone to buy any of it, that's what I'm doing. Good for you. So, yeah. (laughs) So, there you have it. So, um, part two. Part two. Yes. Uh, If you didn't listen to episode one, it's probably a good idea to go back and do that one first. (laughs) And then um, come back to our white collar um, docuseries part two, uh, uh, you know, on Lula Rowe, um, which uh, is very interesting because we found out that it's basically like a cult. (laughs) It's a cult pyramid scheme. Oh, yeah. It's a twofer. And that's a throw out to you murderinos out there um last episode we basically told you to call your mom because you're probably in a cult <laughs> so a lot of these members ended up um, probably feeling like that um and i know too just from the additional research i did and then of course watching the docuseries we find out that Deanne and mark are very uh good at what they do they're good salespeople. um not and, so good on the people part, though. No, and it's interesting, though, because, you know, um, they kind of make it seem like they are, but... Right, it's all about the people. Yeah, We're all about the people. Help the people. I think it's really about making sure As that... we all have our Mercedes. <laughs> it's more about keeping the checks coming in um, so that they can just, uh, you know, keep looking rich. Live um, a lavish lifestyle. Yeah, Lula famous. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so uh this is where we start hearing like in episodes three and four some of the more sinister stuff that was going on starting to go sideways now yeah starting to have issues with quality Mm -hmm. and they're mia when anyone complains in fact they're not allowed to complain oh yeah no there's a frowned upon yeah the drama triangle like a big red flag. <laughs> hmm Um, one of the things that did stand out to me in these episodes is that we start finding out at the conferences and the conventions that they're having, um, that uh Mark has been sharing like Mormon passages all along to everybody. Um, which some of the retailers are like, I'm not even Mormon. Like, I don't understand why they're bringing any of this which stuff up. Which, to me, that is just so disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny, too, because, and I'm not familiar with, um, you know, the religion, um, like Mormons and stuff, and, like, how they practice or what their beliefs are. But they had kind of mentioned that, like, Mark thinks that he's uh, Joseph Smith, who, who started Mormon. Yep, who originally was a creator um, which to me, that was a little bit fascinating and telling about his personality. He kind of thinks of himself as a prophet. You know what I mean? Well, he definitely, he had an air of like superiority. Yes, definitely. Um, Already, uh, that's a no for me. I know. And we had talked on last episode about how uh, when Deanne tries to answer a question, you know, from the documentarians, he constantly has to be like, let me answer this. Like mansplaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a fan. No. Uh, and then um, we also find out that a lot of these conferences and stuff are more about teaching control over the retailers. Um, they control how they look. They want you to be dressed in their stuff all the time, um, especially when you're well, on I got social a dress media. For Twenty bucks. <laughs> And I did shame you on that one. They are also controlling controlling how much they weigh too, right? That's what they're reporting. Weird. Mm -hmm. Also, and this is where we get introduced to one of the ladies that was out of Seattle who um, starts picking up on the fact that uh, they're a doing their taxes wrong, and then um, and it looks like they're. Uh, grifting the retailers out of a lot of money uh, because of how they've organized their business. And she calls attention to it. And it was also interesting, too, I noticed throughout the docuseries about how they had messaging 
up across at the conferences and stuff that had like family first, America first, um, those kind of slogans. Yeah. Which to me was like interesting as well. Um, they preach, uh, like the four suggested don'ts, which are don't talk man to man, don't mother him. And these are messaging that they're sending their female retailers, right? Cause it's geared towards, uh, female empowerment and all this other bullshit that they're trying to sell. Uh, don't have better ideas than him. Don't be um, smarter. Yeah. Don't, don't admire. Don't make more money. Yep. Don't make more money than him. Don't admire other men's qualities. Um, that was interesting. Uh, the three magic A's, which are, uh, again, about your husband. Appreciate, accept, and admire. Is this what got you on your Dr. Laura kit? Oh, yeah. So, like, it's... uh... I'm sad to ask because (laughs) I think she is repellent. Yeah. So, um, this is where they start talking about how LuLaRoe has all this messaging about female empowerment and, you know, being able to... uh, quote unquote, work out of the home, right? So you're, the whole intention is for you to stay at home and, but be able to have your own business at your hours, et cetera. Yet they're like pushing them constantly to sell more, um, recruit. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, ultimately we find out that they're working way more than 40 hours and spending a shit ton of money. And then at some point, like barely breaking even. Oh, yeah. Totally, like not making any money and or going in the hole. But at some point we learned that uh, Deanne and Mark are asking the retailers to start handing the business over to the husbands. They actually want the husbands to quit their jobs, whatever that is, and then take over the business. So um, they're still essentially keeping the woman at home um, with the messaging for success being that the man oversee that and then you know one of their slogans was let him be your hero (laughs) but basically they're like uh taking away any kind of safety net these people have yes yep um so it's even more insidious than uh, yeah like starting to get in the scary area um at one point they mention that uh they're doing teachings from this book called the secret power of femininity which we find out uh, Deanne's mom had wrote this book, uh, Maureen's Startup, and um, had it published in 1969. <laughs> uh, Maybe it'll start making a comeback now. No, fuck it. I hope it won't. Um, <laughs> fuck it. So she essentially at that point was instructing women to, among other things, practice saying, I am just a helpless woman at the mercy of you big, strong men to help them catch a guy. Uh, (laughs) Which, let's give it a little context, ladies. Any ladies listening out there? um, (laughs) Back in the 60s, you know, like we really didn't um, have any credit cards or our own bank accounts back then. Because I don't even think that that, happen until the 70s so um you know you are still getting a steady stream of this type of messaging like stay at home stay in your lane you were like property yeah you uh need to make an america great <laughs> you need to rely <laughs> on your spouse your husband right that was supposed to be the other the breadwinner um in your household so that was sort of what she was teaching back then so um the couple, Deanne's parents, they turned this work into uh, $300 femininity forums back then. So they actually made this a business and were teaching women. They were holding these sessions and teaching them um, from her book on uh, how to find a husband. So eventually Maureen ends up becoming, and this is Deanne's mother, the California chair of an organization that is dedicated to fighting the equal rights amendments in the 1970s. So she was literally working against that. Um, And now Deanne's taking that book and she's using those lessons and in her trainings at uh, LuLaRoe. Um, at the conventions, um, you know, quoting from the book, 
and she says this based off of one of the retailers in the docuseries. All you need to do is get on your knees for five minutes a day. Essentially like. A day? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they called it the golden rule. And I was like, uh, I thought the golden rule was do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. So is that more of a 69 situation? <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> what? Every day. Uh, you yeah. can't have Christmas every day. <laughs> you can't have Christmas every day. It would lose its meaning. Am I right? I think I am. I can hear my spouse being like, is I it my TMJ. birthday again today? <laughs> It's no laughing matter. Oh my god! Actually, it isn't. And in fact, <laughs> in fact, when we were watching this, my spouse was like, "That's disgusting." You know, he was like, "Actually, I think he was pretending being uh, totally yeah, he was pissed like, off about but it." Really, he was like, "Unless you're into it, because you know." <laughs> Wait, but, but how do you think about it? <laughs> how right? are you feeling? I mean, oh my god! You know, if you wanted to, I wouldn't stop you, but. <laughs> Um, one of the other things that they were doing too is if you're having problems in the marriage, I guess Dion and Mark were suggesting that you read uh, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands, which as you brought up, uh, Dr. Laura. I, so here's the thing. I knew Dr. Yeah. Laura was out there and that she had some kind of radio show because I've heard her, I believe, on, um, I want to say Northwest Radio, which is out here locally. Um, she's usually on during the weekends and oftentimes if I happen to still have it on that channel and turn on the radio and she's blabbing about whatever <laughs> she's doing, I turn it off because she's very condescending when very. she's talking to people and um, it's upsetting to me. So I never bothered to go and like look her up or whatever until we started looking at this docuseries and then realized that she had wrote this book um and then wrote some other books uh i don't know if anybody's read this book uh if you have and you feel I'm like <laughs> and you feel like maybe it's helped you i apologize for what i'm about to say next but um it's very demeaning her whole attitude uh, is very demeaning to women yes very like self-hating mm-hmm. she's very negative towards women um and then and i would say it's very conservative traditional leaning uh perspective or outlook but also trashes um any sort of uh you know like motivation to do anything outside of the home or away from the husband because you know uh you can only be married to somebody of the opposite sex etc because uh she does i guess like coaching She's not celebrating pride no she saying. definitely doesn't um and uh so like essentially the dudes in the family um like at these conventions at <coughs> LuLaRoe are coaching the men to get in on the business. They want them to, they want the wives to be able to retire the hubby. So they literally don't have to do anything, but the woman's putting out all the effort. Um, and this is what Dr. Laura said about being independent. And this is directed at women. This mentality is the ugly part of the feminist movement, which supports personal success, acquisition, accomplishment, power, and the feminist political agenda over love, marriage, and family. Uh, I listened to her podcast that she still has because she got kicked off of her um, public radio channel because she was using the N-word and then she was trashing the LGBTQ community. Mm. And I went out there to go look up some of the shit that she was saying. She's a fucking horrible person. Yeah. Um, so uh, in one of her episodes... Not even allegedly, everyone. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, she actually came out and apologized for her comments that she made. But I'm sorry. If you're using those openly in a public forum where people are going to be listening, then that is part of your identity. And you use that on a constant basis. So, and it has no room for any domain in our society. Um, so, I don't even think she should be able to have a podcast. But, you know, First Amendment, right? So, um, 
I listened to one of her episodes just to kind of see like what she was saying to people out there, but she actually had somebody call into her show who had suffered through uh, domestic abuse and um, they were talking about their parents and stuff. And she literally said that uh, she felt sorry for her parents because she had to put up with her bullshit. And I could not believe she fucking said that to a victim of domestic violence. But that's literally what she said on the episode. Because she's gross. Because she's disgusting and she was extremely demeaning. But this is the book that Deanne and Mark from um, LuLaRoe is passing out to their retailers and telling them to have a better marriage. And if you're conservative traditional, then that's, you know, and you have some of those viewpoints, that's fine. I have no problems with that. But um, there's a difference between providing or recommending advice that might improve uh, a marriage for healthy outcomes and then being completely derogatory or demeaning to uh, the female persuasion to try to keep them down. Um, So that's what I will say about that. Uh, But yeah, she's literally like, I don't know what else to say, but she's a piece of shit. So (laughs) So um, I'm glad that you uh, read some of her book. I did. I checked it out of the the Pierce County Library over here because I didn't want to have to go and pay for it and they had it on their shelves where I could do it electronically and I read some of the stuff in her chapters and it it's horrible. It's garbage to me. Um, no, I did go out on Amazon. It looks like she has a pretty decent rating um, you know, for her book, but uh, I did notice that a lot of men were on there giving it five stars. <laughs> so men? that... Yes, that threw up some red flags and I said... <laughs> I'm definitely going to be, I should have used this for uh, my ex-wife. I'm going to be using it on my next relationship. I was like, okay. Um, If somebody handed me that shit, I would be like, well, we're breaking up. Um, So they have this thing as part of uh, LuLaRoe um, where the men are getting training at the conventions or conferences as well. They have these sessions called... um, like one to two men's chat where uh, they can better support their wives, essentially. So the mentor's husband uh, was asked how the marriage was going. And then he was, uh, and when I say mentor, remember we're talking about the scheme that they have for the different retailers and stuff so that you can get sponsor uh, sponsors. Um, yeah, that's like the highest level for the highest level. Yeah. Money. Yeah, so uh, one of the husbands was asked how the marriage was going and basically told to quit his job. And then Deanna Mark actually encouraged the mentor to get her husband to quit his jobs to strengthen the family, which basically makes them solely dependent on the company for all of their income. Um, And they didn't feel like that was a good idea at that point. And again, I want to remind everybody that 80% of the people now in this company are not really making any sort of income. Um, It's all the people at the top because it's a pyramid cult scheme going on. Um, (laughs) Right. Two things that you don't want to go together. No. Uh, You know, there are motivational calls where they're supposed to be giving recommendations and advice. Uh, Nothing valuable is really shared on those. There was no actual training. And... um, I took an uh, excerpt from BuzzFeed article that I found. Um, So, quote, unquote, uh, Willis, a 36-year-old mother of two from Kenosha, Wisconsin, finally quit the multi-level marketing company in 2018. She said she had around $50,000 in credit card debt from her business. She had to cash out her 401k to pay it off. After approximately two years and countless hours of working for LuLaRoe, she said she never made a profit after the first year. And that year, she said traveling to LuLaRoe events and other expenses ate away at any profit she had made. When she wanted to quit, she still had around 3,000 pieces of LuLaRoe clothing in her home stuffed into every spare nook and completely cannibalizing her dining room. She ended up selling her last 500 pieces for a dollar an item just to get rid of them, end <laughs> quote. So, like, <coughs> her experience is um, one of many. 
that ended up in this company as a retailer. Uh, I know at one point they were even encouraging people to get gastric at gastric sleeve surgery because right. that's in what Dan had done. <laughs> yeah, she went down to Tijuana, Mexico. They have like a club of people doing. Yep, it. they take like eighteen people down there to go get this weight loss surgery, Which, and they're that called was so weird to me too. Yes, the Tijuana Skinnies group. <laughs> Would you would, would you do this? Member, no, I know. And but that surgery's creepy to me. Well, I mean, I know it's helped a lot of people and that's great. Yes. But I don't I don't like the whole I'm going to push other people to do it. That's weird. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird too and then they're going to her doctor down there. It sounded like there was some other sort of kickback thing going 100%. on which was weird to me, but I could also see too where if you're at the tippy top right and you're getting all these bonuses, you've developed a relationship with Deanne and Mark and have some sort of rapport or trust with them, then they might be able to persuade you to do oh, something for sure. like and that. Then, like if you didn't, you would basically be shunned. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I mean, <laughs> also there's a lot of flags here. I'm not gonna. Lie. Oh my god, they're hustlers, dude. They're hustlers. Deanne and Mark are hustling. All of these people all over the country. Um, I mean, there's so much in- inventory now out there at this point. Like saturated. They've saturated the market. So nobody's going to be able to make a good profit because there's too many retailers out there. And now they're mm-hmm. stuck with all of this shit, you know, like inventory that they can't sell. Like, like we've talked about on the previous episode. Some of it came. They didn't know what was coming. And it was ugly or Badly horrible. Made. Yeah. It's damaged. It's, um, some of it was moldy. Yeah. We find out that they don't have enough space in their warehouse. So they're keeping all of the clothes outside. So when it rains, the clothing gets drenched. And then it's sitting out there in the hot sun. And now it's moldy. And it's falling apart by the time you get it. Um, they did start offering the ability for some people to file a claim for a refund or like buybacks or something yeah something like that um but uh some people were saying that they would be waiting for like months before they received any response from the company um at this point and they're you're still not allowed to say anything bad oh no you can't say anything bad about the company or to the other retailers you better not do it because they will shun the shit out of you <laughs> Or contact their lawyers to, con- awesome. <laughs> to contact you. I will shun the shit out of you. <laughs> I'd be like, please do and give me back my money. I know. I'd be like, fuck you. Go ahead. I will block Sad. you. <laughs> Blocked and deleted. <laughs> um, at this point, they're like onboarding 500 people a day. And then... Um, They're telling them that everybody gets a chance, but the outcome may be different in terms of revenue. We can't guarantee you're going to make any money, but we are. (laughs) Yeah, of course, they're drowning in money um, and their own glory because they're very proud of themselves. They think they're basically above everyone else. Um, I feel like they were just getting all this money coming in and they're just like giving everybody the middle finger. Uh, They're constantly gaslighting the employees. Um, And then, like I mentioned before, you know, and you had mentioned whenever they try to point something out that's bad about the company or like the operations or whatever, they instantly um, ostracize you. They shame you in front of everybody else. They'll suspend you so that you can't continue to sell. And then they call it the drama triangle. Um, and blame the defectiveness on the seller. Not necessarily them or how they're storing it or where they're getting it from, but it's all on the retailer. So um, I liked it how in the docuseries they were basically <laughs> saying, we're not a pyramid scheme, which was cracking me are. up. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> we're not, but then when I explain it to you, it is exactly a pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, they were like giving people training and saying, don't use the word pyramid. <laughs> right. I was like, what? So they, in 2017, they actually changed their bonus checks and how they do the training. It was based on sales, not the orders. So sales to the retailers. Um, they're getting like tons of complaints at this time. Uh, 
And then, like we said, they have the buyback program where they hadn't initially said 100% refund to anybody, no matter what. Um, They're still able to recruit new people, but there's also a mass exodus going on because some people are like starting to understand that there's a lot of garbage around. So um, because of the refunds and people wanting to leave, they're paying like hundreds of millions back to the retailers. So in September 2017, two months after they announced the full refund, they actually uh, tell them that they're not going to do it. Like as far as the people at the top, they're not able to they're not going to be able to get the refunds and there are not going to be any more biz- or bonuses. Excuse me. So now like <laughs> not for anyone but them. Yes, of course. Correct. I'm sure they'll still get their money, Deanna Mark, but everybody else is shit out of luck. So at this point, people are left with tons of inventory. I seen um, one of the retailers had $100,000 of LuLaRoe clothing still left. Another one had $20,000 and still another one $10,000. This basically left people not able to pay their bills, such as their mortgages. Um, It was funny that the, I think the nephew Sam, he contacts Courtney... (laughs) After she decides to get out of LuLaRoe and um, tries to get her to invest in his own Ponzi scheme for a marijuana farm and like gets in fucking trouble. I was like, Sam, stop. Right. Dude. Um, He was trying to kind of like talk shit a little bit about them. And then we find out like he's doing his own thing like somewhere else. But it's similar. Um, man, it sounds like they're all criminals. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this is when the class action lawsuit happens in 2017. Um, And uh, I thought it was funny that Kelly Clarkson had come to perform at the convention in 2018. Even though they've got all these lawsuits going on. And even my spouse, who's a big Kelly Clarkson (laughs) fan, was like, oh, no. I'm disappointed in her. Mm -hmm. So... They have, like, some special meeting during that time, and they threaten the top retailers to swear an oath to the company, and they had to sign some sort of document where they can't question what Mark and Deanne are doing. what? Yeah. You're signing an... Again, yeah, so much now. They're in the cult. This is what they okay? should be called. So much now. Um, so... Uh, we find out that LuLaRoe has set up 17 LLCs, which are a limited liability company. And it's essentially a business structure in the U.S. that protects the owners from personal responsibility for its debts or liabilities. And um, what's interesting about LLCs are they the regulation for them varies from state to state. And they don't pay any taxes on their profits directly. Their uh, profits and losses are essentially passed through to their members who report them on their own individual tax returns. So guess who's paying their uh, taxes and stuff? Yeah, the people they're victimizing. Yep, the people that they're victimizing. Ugh, gross. They're great people. Um, So when watching the deposition... What were your thoughts on that? Um, the I one from Washington. It, was, it painted them in a very bad light. Yes. And I thought, again, they were very um, aloof mm-hmm. and superior. Yep. And, and I was also surprised how much they couldn't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't recall. I don't know. I don't know. And then cut to the interview where they're spilling their guts. Yeah. I would just wish they would have just wheeled in a tv and played their interview i know well can you answer like because it seems like these uh answers are contradicting what you were saying in the deposition because right here it says this and you say that well even in the deposition where deanne's watching the video of herself asking the women to say how much they made in bonuses versus personal sales Uh she's like i love it I was like, man, she's so gross. She is. They were both gross. Uh, it was unsettling. Like, I was like, they seem like compulsive liars, uh, dripping with deceit. Well, I mean, they're scammers. So yeah. Of course. They were shameless. Um, I was calling them demonic soulmates. <laughs> um, they were gross. 
I mean, I was sort of in awe of their criminality. Like, they're just completely, like, they know what they're doing, but it's like they don't care because they're getting paid. Um, And it's at a certain point during that docuseries where they're starting to cross their arms and their body language is, like, really closed off, you know, towards the end because they didn't like some of the questions they were being asked, uh, particularly about, like, the buyback policy you know, where um, they weren't really honoring what they were right. supposed to be doing or what they had committed to. So uh, what I did find is in 2016, over 100 retailers had to file bankruptcy. Woo, that's a lot of people. Yeah, um, Courtney couldn't give a shit less. Oh, yeah, they didn't care. Uh, Courtney, who was uh, one of the mentors... Um, in the docuseries that was featured, she had to sell her house and her vehicles. She's now divorced from her husband and has had to declare uh, bankruptcy for her credit cards. So, um, like you said, they're basically victimizing the people that, the victims. that they were supposed to be <laughs> assisting. So, uh, there are currently over 50 lawsuits that have been filed against LuLaRoe since 2016. Uh, Washington State had filed a lawsuit in 2019, which was the civil lawsuit featured in the docuseries, for allegedly operating as an illegal pyramid scheme. According to Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson, uh, quote, this structure allowed two LuLaRoe retailers who had hundreds of recruits in their downlines to make more than $5 million in profit collectively between 2016 and 2019, while at the same time, more than a third of retailers reported losses, uh, end quote. Um, yeah, what? That seems fine. <laughs> like, what? You know what was crazy is, like, I know <laughs> Ashley... Uh, was featured and she's from the Tacoma, Washington area. And she was one of the first, I was thinking that she was one of the two that was mentioned in this statement. Now she's never responded to me on Instagram. You know, I was hoping that she would, and we'd be able to interview her uh, for this uh, particular episode. But um, I know she said she walked out of it with like six digits of, uh, for income, what that entailed. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan Brady, who was part of the family, he was the head of leadership and culture. He trained everyone uh, to make sure that they didn't use the words pyramid scheme. And he came up with like the alternative language that they would use for recruiting. <laughs> um, and some of this came out during the deposition. Lou LaRoe ended up settling with the state in February 2021 for $4.75 million. <coughs> Um, it was around this time that the company had laid off all 167 workers in their Corona, California warehouse, and it permanently closed. Okay. Nice. So according to both the company's former chief merchandising officer and its former supplier, Deanne's husband and Mark had threatened multiple times to ransack the company's coffers and flee to the Bahamas rather than admit wrongdoing in court. So this was leading up to the settlement. However, they came back. They decided we're going to reopen the company. So it's still in business. Right, it's still going. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the docuseries alludes to, many of the uh, Lou Le Famous independent retailers have closed up shop. And the current buy-in to become a retailer is at $499. And they have income disclosure statements on their website uh, that over 50% of the LuLaRoe retailers made less than 5000 from sales alone. However, I went on their website to go look at their statement and their tables. Cool. They've got some cool graphs on there. They look really nice, um, but they don't explain. The numbers are bullshit. Yeah, they don't explain what, you know, some of the table means, and they're not including everything in there, right? So there's a little disclaimer at the bottom. <laughs> We're full of shit. That's, Allegedly. Yep, that says that the table does not include any additional non-product expenses. Do you know what that includes? 
Just take a guess. Non-product expenses. Yep. I I don't know. Your house? <laughs> I know, basically, your right? Uh, non-product expenses, which means everything other than the actual clothes that you're buying, is startup costs, so your racks, your hangers, uh-huh. storage bins, okay. any mannequins, uh, online sales, so if you purchase a camera or your internet or your computer, etc., uh, the printer for shop, uh, the shipping labels, um, your home office needs, any business cards. It doesn't include your shipping, your packaging, your advertising, your promotional giveaways that you're required to do on a regular basis, uh, your travel expenses, right to other people's homes if you're going to do like a oh, home parties. or a pop-up <coughs> somewhere, any of that stuff. Um any of your employees that you help with training, your insurance, um, and then professional services that you might need, such as a bookkeeper, accountant, etc. So none of that was included in the table, which uh, skews the numbers, right? Because right, you're not giving sure. well, a... Well, f- that's why some people were barely breaking even. Yeah, or going into debt. So... Um, Some of the additional information I found out from a CBS News report uh, that was done in 2017 revealed that unadvertised family ties between a group of these market-level businesses that they're doing, they all use similar language claiming to empower women. One is Dot Dot Smile, uh, an MLM selling children's clothing. The company was founded by Deanne's daughter, Nicole Thompson. They're all they're all in it now. Uh, <laughs> alongside her husband and former LuLaRoe executive, Jeff Thompson. The Dot Dot Smile website makes no mention of this connection, only stating that Thompson comes from a family of entrepreneurs. Despite that, um, for a time, LuLaRoe retailers sold children's apparel under the name Dot Dot Smile. I don't know if they put two and two together. Um, LuLaRoe later made its own children's line, and Dot Dot Smile continues to operate its own MLM business. Uh, Let's see. Doing it again. Separate. Under a different name. Uh, Agnes and Dora, an MLM that sells women's clothing, was started by Stidham's niece, Buffy Banley. However, the company's Facebook and Instagram accounts haven't been updated in over a year, and its site appears to have been taken down. Uh, Deanne's twin sister, who originally was the other person that she started LuLaRoe with, uh, they kind of skipped over that during the docuseries, Diane Ingram. Um, cause I guess there was some sort of falling out between them, uh, within the company. And then she left, she actually launched honey and lace, which is her own MLM, which sold women's clothing in the early 2010s. Honey and lace was later rebranded as Piffany. In 2019, LuLaRoe sued the company, alleging that Piffany had been poaching its consultants later that year. <laughs> LuLaRoe announced that it had reached an agreement with Piffany after mediation, but that it would still pursue the individuals named in the suit who had switched from LuLaRoe to Piffany via confidential arbitration. For its part, Piffany seems to have resurfaced as Savvy, an MLM oh. selling women's activewear. Yeah, so that was like the additional... So they just changed their name. They're just kind of like evading capture or what? Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's what it seems like, right? It's, um, yeah. it's hard to tell, but it's interesting that, uh, you know, Deanne and, and her sister actually had started the company together, LuLaRoe. Um, but then from what I read, they had a early... Yeah, did they say that? They didn't. Okay. In the docuseries? Maybe the sister was like, I don't want any part she of She might this. have. She might have been like, I don't want to be included in this. And Deanna was probably like, I don't want you to mention it. I mean, I don't even remember her saying she was a twin. Maybe I do remember the twin part. But... Yeah, I think at the very beginning she mentions it when she's first talking about the family. But then after that, we don't hear anymore. And um, apparently from what I was reading, I don't think they've ever fixed the relationship, but they are not talking to each other. 
Um, well, yeah, because her sister's a piece of shit. Yeah, but Hammer. like, I mean, her own twin sister has also started her own business. So I'm like, is she doing something similar? Like, it just seems like the entire family yeah, is scammer. Yeah, like uh, created their own businesses who may be doing some level of this. I don't know. And I don't want to say like they are because I. <laughs> but you just did. <laughs> That's okay. I just, I mean, it's just interesting now that like. They the... have the criminal gene. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, they were all working at one time at, at the company and now have left and started their own little stuff that all seems to be like some sort of scheme or, you know, yeah, I don't totally know. They look like. That's the dot dot smile. Yep. Yeah, they look similar, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Kid dresses. Yeah. So it it was interesting. I mean, I encourage you to go out and look at their website. It's still up, LuLaRoe. Um, you can become yeah, a retailer if like you want. Some kind of cookie. I would tell you not to do that. Um, but uh, it would probably be a little bit eye opening to look at their. <laughs> financial statements that they have loaded there there's one for an overall about their um income that you can make as a retailer and then there's also one on there about uh the washington state lawsuit um but they're still uh in action they reopened their headquarters down in corona california and um, the Stidhams apparently do not feel any shame or regret for anything they've done because they've convinced themselves that they are innocent. Uh, right, Patty. Uh, okay. So, yeah. uh, we would be interested to hear what your viewpoints or perspectives were if you watched the documentary. And if you didn't, and you found like you got enough information from part one and part two, let us know what you think. Um, we're always interested to hear comments um, or feedback. Maybe you think that they're good people and they did nothing wrong. We would be interested to hear what I you think said we about could that. Find you some people that might disagree with that, but everyone has their own opinion. True. Yes. Um, and Ashley, if you end up listening to this episode, we're still up for interviewing you. Um, <laughs> Please. You know, so if you decide that you do want to come on the show and just like talk a little bit, right? Tell um, us the tea. We like it. You know, or maybe you don't want to because you're worried about future lawsuits that are pending. I have no idea, but we would appreciate to hear um, some comments you or feedback come on from you. Anonymously. Yeah, correct. She could totally do that. Um, you're protected by, I hear, the First Amendment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hear right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could it could go some other way. Um. Anyways, uh, that concludes our white collar crime on uh, Lula Rich, the docuseries on Amazon. Patty, did you have anything else that you yeah, wanted to um, add? Nobody waste your time reading those Laura, Dr. Laura books. I was getting text messages from this one <laughs> about. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, so mad. Woman syndrome. Oh, yeah. Hurried woman syndrome. Menopause. Yeah. I. <laughs> I did okay. So I was reading that book, and then she, I get to a page where she talks about this syndrome called hurried win- woman syndrome. First off, this lady does not have a degree in psychology or any sort of like what sociology. Kind of um, I think they said that that her degree is in physiology, oh. which, and then she got a certificate, and I think family counseling or something. I don't know. So she went to a seminar. <laughs> so, so she thinks now that she's some sort of expert on this stuff. And I, I was like, she just came up with this term, hurried women's syndrome, to explain. Um, I don't even remember. Yeah, what. you know what it is? We're busy. <laughs> she said, <laughs> People, I am busy. <laughs> <laughs> she said that the symptoms are weight gain, low sex drive, moodiness, and fatigue. All due to the stress caused by trying to do too much, not being able to keep up with it, not feeling very accomplished at any of it, and resenting anyone who has any expectations, like your spouse, a.k.a. husband, (laughs) because she doesn't believe in any other type of partnership, and your children, and ending up feeling 
hostile. I'd be interested to hear what um, Dr. Laura views as hostile because um, sometimes... Because <laughs> we're going to show you hostile, lady. <laughs> <laughs> and depressed. So apparently I have hurried women's syndrome on a daily fucking basis. Dr. You Laura. Need to take it down. You need to be subservient. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. What were the three A's? Your man. What was the three A's? Um, let me let me go back on my uh, appreciate, accept, and admire I admire you, husband of mine. And I appreciate you. You're accepted in this household. I want Even you to know I'm that. Even though I'm down for the blowies a day, I still <laughs> appreciate you. They're going to come back and be like, you want to show that Upon appreciation? Thoughts, I am in. Five minutes, ladies, each day. That's all it takes. Make oh, them happy. Brother. I have nothing to say. You know what, Dr. Laura? I don't got fucking five minutes. <laughs> because I'm a hurried woman. I'm a hurried woman. Hostile <laughs> and depressed. Okay? I've got soft belly syndrome going on called premenopausal. Oh and I don't give a fuck about the five minutes. I can barely clip five my minutes. fingernails or my toenails right now sometimes. Like, oh God. you want me to give funny. five minutes? And uh, on top of that... Uh, uh, my knees hurt. Oh, my word. No. <laughs> no and no. So much no on that. Yeah, that's too funny. <sighs> Dr. Dr. Laura. Laura. Horrible. Yeah, she's, Horrible. Not a, she's not a good person. All right, no, I think I've talked not. enough shit on my <laughs> grandstand. My soapbox. We're just shitting around we're here. Just, we're two women shitting around. <laughs> that's a call out to doozy. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I wanted to tell you. So I found this other podcast. Oh yeah, what was the other podcast? Uh, let me pull it up because I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, it's called Conspirituality. Oh, okay. And I started off with the episode that has to do with Ramtha. With what? Ramtha from Yelm. Oh. And it's like uh, talking about the one I listened to. Uh, let me. So it's from the local area. Well, that one is. I don't know if they normally are. Okay. And but they just happen to I be. I saw about this uh, on TikTok. Uh, that's uh, how I found it. Oh, that's cool. And, actually, uh, let's see if there's a little. And it was good. Does it have a little? Um, like here's some of the the newest episode. Has Jordan Peterson, Derek Jensen, and the anti-trans laugh emoji. And it is an audio essay about how anti-trans ideology can so curdle the soul. Wow, it sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look it it's up. It's a good, it's interesting. And then the one about Ramtha was uh, he had two girls that grew up. Their mom was a member of the Ramtha cult. Okay. And uh, so they lived on the ranch. Wow. And, you have uh, to send they it to moved me. from like Wisconsin or somewhere. I'm interested in listening to it. Yeah. And yeah, then listeners. their family kind of shunned them because their mom was off oh, the part deep end. of the. And then when all those freaking. Trump psychosis started. Now a lot of their family are in that cult. So Dr. It's Patty, very, it's very interesting. Has just um, <laughs> named a new diagnosis for the DSM: Trump psychosis. <laughs> Trump. You heard it here first, That's Dr. Right. Patty. Hey, take that, Dr. Laura. <laughs> I'm from the school of hard knocks, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I f- speak fluent sarcasm. <laughs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> So I've been listening to an indie podcast called Pacific Northwest Haunts and Homicides. Oh, I listened to one of theirs, too. Uh, these ladies are funny. Um, they are funny. They're kind of like us. Yes. They're shooting the shit. They're two women shooting the shit. and they're um, around like us. Yep. And they do tarot card reading during their episodes, which I find extremely interesting and scary all at the same time. <laughs> And um, I like some of the stuff that they cover. I've been laughing at some of the episodes. Uh, they like Jim Gaffigan. 
which you are a huge fan of. So I encourage you to go out there and check them out. Uh, They're pretty good. And we will probably be leaving them a review soon uh, because we're going to exchange reviews. So, and then of course, Dudesy. And um, they had to do. (laughs) I like when Dudesy's like, okay. Moving on. Like <laughs> he he cuts cut them off. off. <laughs> yeah, and Will's like, like oh, I, guess uh, I guess we're done. <laughs> Fuck you, dudesy. <laughs> and then we gotta like change topics. My favorite part is when he has to do like the commercials to try to get sponsors. Oh my god. Oh, they're so funny. That's like, funny. I'll be in the car laughing sometimes because they are so ridiculous. Yeah, I was listening to that when I was painting and I was just cracking up. Yeah, because they'll, they'll have like conspiracy theories on there about like Starbucks <laughs> and like toothpaste and all kinds of shit is going on. I like the one the other day. What I don't remember what episode, but they were talking about, I think, um, <laughs> Prince Andrew being a vampire. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I didn't hear that one. I couldn't stop laughing because um, they were both cracking up while well, he was doing it. But um, like Jesse Ventura is like a total. Yeah, he's theorist, like he right? believes all that shit. So he had to do it in Jesse Ventura's yeah. voice. So and then he's it's like, talking. I think it's actually like real stuff he has said. <laughs> yes, it is. So and then that so makes it even more like sublime. Because oh, my what? God. Because you're like, what the fuck? He's putting that out there like on his social and media. And he believes stuff. it. Yes. But the AI grabs all of this information. Right, makes him do it. Yeah, and then he has to, like, like say whatever the commercial or promo is on there, and it's just so funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's definitely worth a listen. Yep, check that out. See, Johnny? I do take your recommendations. Okay, shout out to you. <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Look at you putting your toe in the dudesy, yep. in the dudesy pool. I know. <laughs> we might have to do our own vlog. They had to do like a vlog. I thought that was stupid, dude. <laughs> like that one guy was like, it was like when you were like, well, first I get up at four in the morning. I make and my protein shake. It. And yeah, and then he was like, and then I make a shake out of it. And I'm like, is this like a what? <laughs> He's is vlogging. This really a vlog? Video diary. No. I liked Will's better. And then, oh yeah, his, his was, was funny. More, like, bullshit. But. He, and then his, his partner is his, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife or whatever, but. Uh, she was like, are you going to stop doing that? Because it's interrupting our day. <laughs> She's like, stop. It must be his fiance or whatever. I don't know, but Molly. that made me laugh. He was like, I'm trying to do this vlog. <laughs> I have to. That's my homework. Oh, my God. That's yeah. like our homework on our podcast. <laughs> Which I don't do. You're I'm like, like, I'm going to cram uh, this shit. Oops. Like an hour before we got to meet, you're like, what are we talking about? What are we doing today? I mean, I know. I just want to make sure you know. Oh, my. And sometimes, God. listener, she sprinks shit on me that sometimes I, I do. have no idea. I'm like. And it's to make me look like a dummy. No, so. it's not. <laughs> so then I have so, to make her laugh and pee a little. That is my revenge. That happened today. <laughs> Oh, my God. So here's the format that we do. Uh, we'll, we shit around, and we, then we put it out. That's it. <laughs> we decide what our topic's going to be. We have no discussion on how we're going to talk about it or anything like nope. that. We just start no recording. Script. There's no script. I take no. some notes or whatever, and then we're going to just talk about it. Maybe some quotes or, you know, what have you, that sort of thing. And then we sit down here, and we push record. I don't fucking edit anything. <laughs> Let the magic happen. Yep. A, because I don't have time to do that shit. <laughs> uh, you know, and this is kudos to the people that can and do right. do that because their shows are phenomenal. But I just... Well, that's not our type of show. No, that's not our type of show. So um, that's not a knock on them in any way. Uh, but uh, what we say is, is exactly what came out of our mouths when we were recording the episode. That's it. So earlier we were trying to do a promo because we're going to share it with one of the indie podcasts we had named. And um, Patty, <laughs> I was literally trying to drink some of my well, peanut butter let's mocha. Just say she wrote a script because she's a try hard. Okay. <laughs> and so there was a part I had to read and a part she had to read. And then in my part, there was a typo, but I read it like that, but with a British accent. And then she just started 
busting out laughing. I'm pretty sure I peed a little bit, and then I choked on my peanut butter mocha because I was trying to laugh and swallow at the same time, and I almost spewed that shit through my nose on my desk. It was hilarious. It, yeah, it was... Spoiler, though, it didn't make it, it into It might have been cut, difficult. So. So. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we decided that... Well, I decided that I'm better just shooting it off the hip and not yeah. reading. Otherwise, it sounds like I'm reading. And, and it like came that. out really good. So, In our opinion. Yeah. They might get it and be like, <laughs> like this is oh, trash. I would have left the accent in. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the moral of the story is don't be a tryhard, folks. That's what <laughs> C's get degrees. Okay. C's get degrees. <laughs> that is true. No one asks you what your GPA oh was. All right. Did you graduate? Cool. They're like, do you got that certificate? <laughs> and you're like, yes, I do. And they're like, you're hired. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, um, we need to get off our high horse. Damn, there was something else crazy that happened to me, too, this week that was funny, and I was going to share it with everybody, and then I forgot. So, Well, write it down, and then we can Oh, Oh, you know what I think it was? Okay, so listen to this. (laughs) Okay, listen. I put on a um, liner, a pad liner. For all you (laughs) ladies out there, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, And I was... (laughs) I was in a hurry... Right. Okay. So, um, I because I had forgotten about my my brow appointment. Like I had the wrong day. I actually okay. thought it was today. It was yesterday. So she texts me and she's like, "I'm running late." I'm like, "Cool," because I forgot. Cool, I'm thinking I about it. it yep, I'm thinking about it in my head. I'm like, <laughs> "Thank God," because I totally forgot. So I text her back. I'm like, "Okay, cool. See you in a little bit." And then I'm like, "I need to take a shower." So I get in the shower, like wash the important parts, right? Uh-huh. My face, the vajayjay. You don't have to be specific. The we pooter. We all figure out what's the important part. <laughs> and then get out, and I'm like, oh, I need to put on a liner. So I'm in the, the bedroom. I put it on. The wrapper, of course. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put it in my pocket so when I walk out, I can go, um, you know, yeah, do what right. I need to do with it. Well, you left it in your JD pocket. forgets about it. So this fucking thing is literally hanging halfway out of my pocket. And you're just walking around the world. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Secrets out, everyone. I go to my appointment. The fucking rapper's hanging out. I don't realize it until about, <laughs> I think, an hour in. I had to go potty. And I get into the bathroom. Oh, no. And I'm like, what is this thing? And I realized that the damn rapper has been hanging out. Like, oh I mean, God. I'm not even sure anybody noticed it. But, you know, like in my head, I was like, oh, shit. That's so funny. <laughs> so I tucked it. I was like, shh, shh, shh. I didn't even throw it away. I just tucked it in there. I was like, I wonder if she even noticed this. Yeah, who cares? But I was like, whatever. I don't give a fuck. One time. I don't remember. I think it was like at a gas station. This was a while ago. And somehow like a tampon fell out of my purse. (laughs) And there was a guy there. Have you ever had your underwear like get static cling on your clothes and then it drops? So then he like sees the tampon and I go, secrets out. And he was just like running away. Oh but my what, god! That's funny because that reminds me of another thing: the <laughs> static cling. I saw. I think it was on TikTok, of course, because that's all I look at. Because I'm ridiculous. But a girl had said, like, "Oh, I picked up these pants off the floor in my bedroom. She wore them out." She realized her underwear was stuck in, but it was like dirty pants. So she had dirty underwear in the leg of her jeans. I've never had that happen to me. I've had clean underwear right, stuck like to clean ride. pants. Yeah. yeah. No, this was I put them on so and then. Imagine that. You're just hoping it doesn't. Oh, fall God. Out. I mean, in my instance, I had it on. I was walking around and then lo and behold, they fall out onto the ground. <laughs> and, you're like, Wait, what's, and I was oh like, what God. the fuck was that? I look back. It's my goddamn. It's clean underwear, but it's my underwear laying on the floor at work. So I swiftly pick that shit up, stuff it in my pocket, hope that nobody saw it, and keep walking. Yeah, dude. 
It's so. the human condition. We've all had it happen. Oh, yeah. All kinds of shit. Hilarious. Um, all right. That's a way a good end note. I think so. Yeah. For... So check your pants, everyone. <laughs> Don't be that person. <laughs> for multiple reasons. With their thong falling out at the office. Oh, my God. But, Which, yeah. if you have a menopause belly, you might wear no thong. Yeah, no, okay. you're not. <laughs> No, you are not. Those days are over. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thongs are horrible. Because you want some shit that's going to have full coverage, holding all the goodies. I'm, yeah, something. It's just got to be you comfortable. You anything going up your butt, though. No. You want something comfy because you're bloated now, <laughs> right? stretchy. So. Something that has a lot of give. <laughs> All right, now we're back to talking right. about underwear. Anyway, so that was our episode. People, don't buy Lularoe. No, nope. and uh, shame anyone that you know that has it, <laughs> and then maybe they'll try to sell it on this weird Poshmark app that oh I've my yet God. to figure out. Uh, we appreciate you turn- tuning in. Yeah. Please email us oldDirtyBenches at gmail or hit us up on our social media. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Remember, like and subscribe. As Patty always Follow. says, five stars. Okay. We will accept nothing less. No, we'll, I'm just kidding. We'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, see you on the flip side. Bye, benches. Be safe. <laughs>